we are getting close to done. You're going to feel like this week is going to be like a little bit of a break because the only thing really involved is going to be um, either doing some catch up on your extra credit or, or something to that effect. But what I want to do is, as I have been doing, hopefully you appreciate it, um, doing a little wrap up for you for what's in the past week. And um, so I've got some notes I've written to myself. So if I stand, if I sound a little stuttered or, or off-put, it's because I'm kind of reading back to myself some some notes I made while I was reading your papers. Um, and just so you know, when I do that, I'm not. I know I reference some of your papers, but I'm not like trying to good or bad call anyone out in particular. But I do want to um, kind of give you some highlights of, of things that I'm seeing or that I'm reading. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, about. So one of the things that I appreciate is um, a very standard kind of thoughtful response about, um, as one, so as one of you did put, right, you know, the the love of money is the root of all evil, not money itself. And and I know another one of you wrote something like, hey, I don't have a problem if someone makes a buck or, or makes a huge profit. But we do get into this kind of weird pattern where we we don't begrudge people for being successful, but we somehow gut level think there's a point where it's wrong. Um, and we don't know how to really correct for what that means to say it's wrong. Um, and so we often kind of fall back onto the, well, it, it's too much, or no one should have that much money, or they're just bad, mean, evil people. And I, and I don't think it's that. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a couple of thoughts at you just from some different studies I have. <clears throat> um, I did my dissertation on an 18th century Scottish philosopher by the name of David Hume, and he was asked a really interesting question before he died. He died in 1776, and the person had asked him, what should the crown do with the colonies? Meaning, what should England do about these weird little colonies in, in, the, in the Americas? And Hume's response, I think, is, is sort of fantastic, actually. He says, you know, wealth is about doing, not having. We have them already, so who cares, right? We get their tax rate, but we're not really progressing or moving forward in any way. Uh, so give them their freedom, liberate them, whatever it takes, and trade with them. We'll get so much more out of that behavior, out of that engagement, than we will just owning them and having them. Now, that's big national level, you know, how we treat uh, countries and nation states and what have you, and you might think that's not really applicable, but I think it might speak a little bit to that gut level reaction we have about sort of the super uber wealthy, and that is, you got a bunch of money, you're just sitting on it. Wealth is about doing, not having. What are you doing with it? Um, and I think that becomes the important question we want to find out. Why do we sometimes appreciate people who have money and sometimes dislike it when they have money? Um, the other piece I think that, that feeds into why we dislike this issue of, of commerce and money is, and again, not to be sort of elementary about it, but you know, how much money is enough? Right? When are you gonna really be happy? Like, And you can play the weird kind of psychological game of, you're just trying to fill a void and you need God and whatever. And, that, and I think that's, I do think that's largely true, but even on a more practical level, if you're just going by your gut of, I need this, I need this, I need this, and going from money to money to money to power to power to power to wealth to wealth to wealth to fame to fame, whatever it is that's trying to fill that up, you're never gonna actually fill it up. It's actually almost completely impossible to do that. 
so it's a losing endeavor to kind of play that game. And again, that doesn't mean don't make money and give up. It just means you will recognize there's a limit where you can't actually satisfy all of that. So um, in good old Quaker fashion and in good Christian spiritual formation fashion, I do think this is why we position the, the virtue of simplicity that you can live a perfectly happy life and one that does have money and one that does have property and goods, but just realizing there's some things I need and want and some are great and some of them aren't and I'm perfectly okay. And I'll give you a really good example. And I, and I say a good example, I don't mean this like, hey, pat me on the back for this, but, and it took me a while to even recognize this. My wife and I bought a house. Um, I'm not going to tell you the square footage or the size, but it was more than we needed. You know, at the time we kind of played this game and, and taught ourselves that, hey, we we need this, we need the space, and we're going to do this. And, uh, you know, over time, and we lived in that house for almost 10 years, and over time I kind of looked at it, I thought, this is more than I need. There's like a whole chunk of the basement I don't use. We don't even try to use it, it just sits vacant. Yeah, the couch is at one end of the TV and this is empty and there's a whole spare room that a cat lives in. A cat doesn't need a room, this is ridiculous. This is, and I'm looking at what I pay every month and for, for what? Just to say I have it? Uh, to say it's relatively-ish new? So a couple of years ago, we went and I, you know, kind of talked to my wife about downsizing and we did downsize to Oh, it's not half the size. It's probably three quarters of the size we had before. It's probably about three quarters of the payment we had before. So that's nice also. Now, as I'm telling you, that's why I said, don't say, oh, he's great. He made this. I didn't, I didn't cut my bill in half. I didn't cut my house in half. And if anything, I got a little perk in there to downsize. I got a pool, right? I like the pool. I'm not going to lie about that. But what it means is you can have stuff. The part that's important, I know pool doesn't sound like simplicity, but hold on for just a minute. I know you're like, wait, that's not simple. Um, but we have lots of friends and we like to entertain and have people over. And that is kind of a summer mainstay. Um, at our old house, we'd have people over. We didn't do anything. We just sat inside the air conditioning, stared at each other. That's kind of boring. Or watch TV. And that actually is also kind of boring. But now we can have our friends over and their kids are in the pool and they're playing and we can hang out and talk and you know eat ribs and just and we did this we do this in memorial day we do this in fourth of july even and, and coming up labor day we kind of have set schedules and in the inside we do have a fireplace and a decent sized space and so we entertain around uh thanksgiving christmas and years and that's something that's important to my my wife and my family and at some level the things that we invested in we're about being with other people and relationships. And I want you to think through not so much the money and that you'll never make enough to be fulfilled, that it's not just about the property and simplicity is the answer. But at the end of the day, in commerce, in leadership, it's still about presence and relationships. And that is something that's often missed in conversations about leadership and how businesses are run or should operate. And I noticed that theme in a number of people who said, hey, here's a great experience I had. Here's a great experience I had. It was largely about people. Now, that having been said, I want to take this to the other level, going back to your discussions. And they were very thoughtful, very good. And I really, honestly, when I read through them, I tried very hard not to reply. You will notice I did not reply to anybody, but I uh, my hand hovered over the reply button a number of times because I think you were all on the right track. And it's 
and I and I do have to say I I kind of I love my job as a teacher, but I hate the state of higher education and sort of being pulled into the same sort of economic system of more and more and more and more and more. That's not sustainable, um, and it's unfortunate because again I can't think of anything I would do as a job or as a career differently. And it's unfortunate because I think what I what I'm reading from a lot of you, not all of you, but from many of you, you're having a good experience with your faculty, you're having a good experience with your classmates and classes in general. But man, we've got this weird system set up that I'll be honest, I don't know how tenable it really, really is in the long run. I worry about it. I worry about for my own children that we've we've made it so expensive, and for what? I'll tell you, it's kind of a facade. Um, and when I say this, I don't mean you know boo friends university or boo education, but I'll be really honest with you. I've worked on the corporate side. I've done training and development. I've done organizational development. I've worked with HR and other companies. And you know sometimes this degree is just a ticket to say you can apply there. You may not need it for your job, right? That's the reality. So, but it's not anything we can necessarily change because we have a whole economic system built on it. We've got a whole economic system now that's kind of telling you the same thing about a master's degree that, you know, the bachelor's not going to cut it. You're going to have to have an MBA. You're going to have to have something else. So we're in a system that drives more and more and more, and we ourselves do not necessarily stop and sit back and think about what's simple and ultimately what's sustainable. And I think that's what many of you are on the. Sort of tail into that wave, watching like, hey, you're going to graduate, you're going to be out, you're going to get a job, but you're going to watch it get more and more difficult for other people to be successful. So carry that with you when you actually get into your jobs. If there are going to be people behind you, wanting help, wanting assistance, wanting mentorship, wanting coaching, that's actually the important piece, and that can't always be bought.